0: Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Enjoyed this video every week. In fact, I think think I'm gonna make it a ritual. When I wake up in the mornings, I'm gonna just play this video and just get pumped up. Right, David? Just get pumped up, get psyched up. Man, it's, it's good to be here this morning with you. How he loves, I love this worship song. I love how we sing this worship song. On September 7th, 2014, we launched Luminous Church officially. And when we launched that church, it was our heart that a people would feel loved. That they would come into a place and they would feel loved. And they would not only feel loved by us, which is so amazing and so attractive. But that they would actually feel the love of God and as we have seen this, we have, we have, um, that's the exact song we sang on September 7th. And so every time we sing that song, I think about that moment. I think about how you brought your friends and your family. And maybe you were brought for the first time on September 7th to Luminous Church. And as you did, you felt God's love in amazing ways. And so that's our hope. Our hope this morning is that you would feel God's love. We say, we say it like this. We want you to see Jesus clearly. We want you to see Jesus clearly. We want you when you when you go throughout life, can you just look at Jesus and want to be more like him? That, that's my prayer. That's my prayer, because I think that he is the ultimate standard and the ultimate model. We've been taking chunks of scripture. Over the last several weeks, we've been trying to digest this scripture and then throw up on you this scripture and hopefully you remember it. And, and if you've been here any amount of time, you realize how graphic that term was, but you realize that's how it was. It, it was it was very weighty, very meaty. And no, today is no different. I promise you next week we'll go back to three verses. I'll give you point one, two and three. You can apply it to your life and you'll remember it all week. It'll be amazing. But our hope is that this series would be more, more inspirational for you. As we study amazing characters in the Bible, how, how they actually changed history. Actually, as they, as they stood up for Christ, and we went through these, these huge stories, we hope that you felt encouraged. We hope that you felt motivated. We hope that you felt what you feel in this video, this one minute video, that when you see When you see Travis doing a double backflip on a dirt bike, you're like, yes, I want to do that. That's the hope of this series, and that's really what we've been wanting to leave you with. This morning, we're going to talk about one of the most important people that ever lived And if you have your Bible app, you can pull that out, um, the YouVersion Bible app. You can search live events and go to Luminous Church, or you can download our Luminous Church app there. We will have notes for you, or you can try to keep up. But I think it may be a little difficult for you this morning to keep up. John the Baptist. John the Baptist is who we're talking about this morning, and I'm excited about his life. See, John was an amazing, amazing man, an amazing man of God. We've we, been in the Old Testament for six weeks, and now we jump to the New Testament. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the last prophet to speak was Malachi, and then 400 years of silence. God remained silent for 400 years. Aren't you glad he doesn't do that anymore? I sure am. I mean, I don't even want God to remain silent for four days. Man, so John comes onto the scene. He's, he's, the, he's the prophet that comes on 400 years later, and he's the last prophet to come on right before Jesus. The most perfect prophet comes. As we find John, he's, he's a unique individual. He's unique. Everything about him was uniquely developed We read in Luke chapter 1 how John became the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. And as he came onto the scene, it was a crazy birth because it parallels a lot of Abraham and Sarah. You see, Elizabeth was old in age and she couldn't conceive a child. But an angel of the Lord Gabriel came up to her and said, you will be pregnant with John the Baptist. He has a very important role. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. That's an amazing grace. He was crazy, and when uh, why do I say he was crazy? Because he was crazy, and you'll find out as you read in Mark 1 and 2 that John the Baptist wore crazy outfits. You know, I mean, how how many of you decide what to wear this morning? Did you decide? This outfit that I'm wearing took me a very long time. This is my birthday outfit, you know? So, yes, thanks, wife, for hooking me up. First time I wore a bow tie. I'm feeling a little pressure right here. Man, you, you, you probably look in the mirror and you're like, man, what am I going to wear today? Not John. John, you know, he just, he just sees the camel's hair and he says, I'm just going to wear that today. Puts on, this, puts on this fur, wears fur, goes out into the woods, into the wilderness, and he eats what? He eats locusts and honey. Locusts and honey is his diet. There are 90 plus diets right now on the internet. You can choose any of them, Atkins, anything you want. But I guarantee you, if you did locusts and honey, you may lose some weight. You should just try it. I don't know. He's out there, out in the wilderness, and he's proclaiming one message, the gospel. And he says this, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was his only message. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It separated him from any other prophet because every other prophet in the Old Testament said, repent and turn to God. But for the first time, we see the kingdom of God. Of God is at hand; it's among us. His one mission was to usher in the King of Kings, Jesus, into the earth and prepare the way for Him. As He's out in the wilderness, He's out there in the middle of nowhere, and He's baptizing people in in, in His name and saying, "Repent!" For the Kingdom of God is at hand. And He's baptizing them, and this is John's baptism, a baptism of repentance. And as He's doing that, there's there's several people coming out to him in fact people from all over the land were coming to him it's a lot like campus harvest it was out in the middle of nowhere San Marcos Texas north of San Marcos no one knows about San Marcos just kidding man and and, and so it's out there in the middle of nowhere but but what a bunch of college students did this past week they said man God is up to something big out there he's up to something big and I have to go What's crazy is uh, there were some poor college students without jobs, driving their car, breaking their piggy bank, getting all the change out of it to get to this event because they heard that God is up to something big. And that was what was happening here. There's something big happening in the wilderness. John's up to something amazing, and we have to go check this out. So people from all around were going. And it was amazing what was happening as people were repenting, people were coming to him. And I love, I love John's role. You know, if you want to make history, you need to start pointing yourself and others in the right direction. That's what I loved about college students this week. They grabbed a bunch of people who didn't know Jesus, who are far away from God, and they said, hey, I want to point you in the right direction. That's the first step to make any kind of history. Any kind of significance, grab somebody and go in the right direction to what John was doing. We find John was set apart. In Matthew eleven eleven, Jesus says this about John. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. No one greater. That's crazy. I mean, what about Moses? What about Gideon? What about Esther? What about Daniel? What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What about all these amazing people who took stands for God? They were thrown into fiery furnaces and the lion's den. They were persecuted for their faith. And yet, no one is greater than John the Baptist. No one is greater. Why would Jesus say this? Why would he say this? it's because he was chosen and was set apart for one thing and it was to usher in the kingdom of god there was no one else speaking this message so strongly about the kingdom of god no one as good as john the baptist who was saying there's good news there's good news and it's coming good news is coming for you jesus goes on in verse 11 and it's powerful what he says there's no one greater Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Do you realize this? Jesus says there's no one greater than John the Baptist, but those who follow Jesus and come into the kingdom, the least of these will be greater than John the Baptist. That's a powerful moment for us in this room. For us in this room, it's a moment of you are special. You are chosen. God loves you, and you're so great, and you're important to God. You are a big deal to Jesus. You need to know that this morning. You are a big deal to Jesus. Tell your neighbor they're a big deal to Jesus. Go ahead. Tell your neighbor. You're a big deal to Jesus. John looked a lot like Jesus. He was in the spotlight. It's funny how he looked like Jesus. In Luke 9, 7, we see this. In Luke 9, 7, now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead because Herod just persecuted and killed John. We'll pick that up here in a moment. By some that Elijah had appeared and by others that one of the prophets of old old had risen. Herod said, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. If you would, black out the lights. I'm going to illustrate this for us this morning. It's amazing. It's amazing who John was. Who John was. He, people were confused about John. They were confused. And when Jesus came on the scene you are saying, this guy looks just like John. So here's, here's my friend, Austin. Somebody tell me how cool Austin is right now. Super cool. He's cool that I get to shine a spotlight on him, right? You know, when the spotlight's off, no one can really see Austin, right? They don't really see his cool swag They don't see all of his cool gear. They don't see how amazing he is. They don't see that charming smile that some of you actually were attracted to. But when you turn this on, just smile for us. Yeah. (laughs) Eligible right there. Man, as the spotlight is on Austin, we are able to see him so clearly. As the spotlight is on him, we're able to see what he looks like, what he dresses like, what he acts like. Bring up the lights. Give it up for Austin. Thank you so much. You know, Herod was a little confused because he said that, who is this Jesus? He looks a lot like John that I just killed. He acts a lot like John that I just killed. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God just like John did. Jesus was so much like John. But the reality is John was so much like Jesus. And that's what we need to know today is that if you and your life and what you live is that you are Jesus to people. And when the spotlight is on you, they're able to see so clearly who Jesus is. What I love about John is John was obedient in everything that he did. As he he began to pray for people, as he began to proclaim the kingdom of God, as he began to do all these things, people saw the Jesus inside of him. They saw what Jesus could look like. They saw what Jesus was perhaps like. In fact, it was so much so a light that John shined that Herod recognized the light. And I think it's true for you and me. As we're going through life. And we're, we're standing up for Jesus. And we're proclaiming the good news to the poor. And we're praying for the sick. And we're doing all these things. The spotlight is not on us. But it's on Jesus. And Jesus becomes so much bigger. It's the reason why. It's the reason why John was ultimately persecuted. And it's the reason why Jesus was persecuted as well. And it's the reason why oftentimes we get persecuted. Matthew 14, 10, it said, He sent and had John beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went out and told Jesus. In verse 13, now when Jesus heard this, He withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate desolate place by himself. Jesus loved John. They were cousins, actually. They were distance or second cousins. And Jesus loved John. He had an affinity towards John. He loved what John did. It was amazing what John did. And he was persecuted and killed for it. And I think as we stand up for Jesus... And as the spotlight is on us, and Jesus is glorified, persecution will come. And as you are going out and making history, you're going to realize that persecution is going to come. And so many things come with persecution. So many things come with standing up for Christ. So many things come when you say, "Yes, I want to make history." Yes, I want to love my family. Yes, I want to love. I want to love people well. I want to love my son well. I want to be the dad that he he wouldn't have had otherwise. I want to. I want to be the husband. That God wants me to be. I want to do these things. But things come to rob it. Fear comes. Fear comes. Doubt comes. And ultimately persecution comes. Recently in the news we know that persecution has hit like crazy. We see 21 Egyptians who are following Christ. They go to the country next to them just seeking a job. In the process of seeking a job. They get kidnapped, and ultimately, they die because they were Christian, because they put the spotlight on Jesus, because they said, I want Jesus to be so amazing. And this is powerful. Sometimes we don't think about persecution. Sometimes we don't think about what, what really happens when we stand up for Christ. And us, every day, you can take that down. Us, every day, we we wonder, you know, how, how is it that I could just stand up for Jesus in the workplace? But what, what would they think about me? If you ask that question, what would they think about me? If I, if I talk about Jesus at Starbucks or something, I do wonder that oftentimes. There's a young man that I went up to one day at Starbucks. And I handed him a card. And when I did, I was paralyzed with fear. Have you ever done that? The lump in your throat? It's like the Holy Ghost just stays right there. You're like, don't come out. Stay right there. But I had to start a conversation because I knew that Jesus needed the spotlight in that moment. And I knew that today he, I may be the only Jesus that He sees. Today, I may be the only Jesus that he knows. Think about this over and over again. Over and over again when we're on a market, when you're in the marketplace, when I'm on my block. I say hi to my neighbors every, every time I see them. It's awkward sometimes. I talk about this a lot. But I realize that they're going to be the only Jesus. I'm going to be the only Jesus they see. I did this thing, I thought it was cool, I don't know if it was, but I just went over there and I just pushed my lawnmower to their house and I just started mowing their front lawn and, uh, and eventually, I think they just got used to it because, because I noticed their lawn's real long and it hasn't been mowed and they used to mow it, but now they don't and I think that they're wondering if that guy next door may just mow their lawn for them and so I'm, I'm like, man, I got to go mow their lawn. This, this practical step of being in the hands and feet of Jesus was me saying, "Man Jesus, I pray that God they would see you in everything that I do, and with the spotlight of Jesus be in this moment of me mowing their lawn. And hopefully that will lead to a conversation. And hopefully it'll be this moment where I could preach the good news to them." John 3:26 through30. This is really the meat. John's life, one of the most impactful moments. 26, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. This is a crazy moment. See, John had a bunch of followers, disciples. And they followed John, and they did what John did. And here came somebody doing exactly what John was doing. That's threatening sometimes. Sometimes it's threatening. Sometimes, Have you ever been convicted? Like maybe you see somebody at Starbucks, and they go up to the person, and they start sharing the gospel. You're like, dude, this is my Starbucks. Maybe, it, maybe it's just pastors or evangelists who do that. But, man, I'm, I'm telling you, so this is what happens. What I've been doing for the last several years is now coming to fruition. I love that John never boasted in himself. And even to the point of martyrdom, he didn't take a martyr mentality. I must suffer for Christ. I must lay down my life for Christ. It wasn't this victim that I'm going to do all these things for Christ. It was this. It was, I'm going to love Jesus, do what he says, and I'm going to make Christ so big in everything I do and say. And when Christ shows up in that person's life at Starbucks, and when Christ shows up in that person's life at UTSA, and when Christ shows up in the workplace, when Christ shows up, yeah, you start rejoicing. You start rejoicing. And then he so famously says in verse 30, he must increase. I must decrease. He must increase. I must decrease. It's been a prayer of mine that Jesus would increase in my life. And I wrestle with that sometimes. Sometimes I'm like John's disciples. I want the glory. I want the spotlight. I want the attention. But what I love about this is John saying, no, I must become less and he must become more. Because I can't save anyone. And for you, if you're in a life of loving somebody so well, maybe you are making history by the way that you're living your life. We've said over and over, and as the worship team comes up, as we've said over and over and over, is that we are not the heroes. We're not the heroes of the story. We're not supposed to be the heroes. And John, the greatest man that was ever born, wasn't the hero of this story. It's always been Jesus. And it will always be Jesus. I love that he says must. I love that he says must. Not should. He must. This must happen. It is the good, it is for the good of everyone. I think I've heard this a lot, and you may have heard this too, that I must die to my dreams and my passions. I must die to my dreams and my passions so that God can resurrect his through me. And I think that's our prayer this morning. Is that a lot of you have dreams and passions and desires. And a lot of you want to do a lot of things. A lot of you want to do a lot of things. But no dream is birthed on your own accord. The dream that matters in the history that will last. Will be when you let God resurrect his dream. Through you. The series has been so fun. As I was thinking about just this last seven weeks, I've seen life's just change. I see Janelle who heard a message at the very beginning say, man, I'm called to go to Spain. And so she, right there she just quits her job, applies, applies for a visa, and she's going to Spain to go help a church plant. And she's amazing. She leaves in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. How beautiful is that? That somebody was challenged, said, This is what, this is what I'm called to do. This is the dream that God has birthed in me. So I died to myself in my career in San Antonio. I died to all these things. And God resurrected a dream. And in 20 minutes, she's going to Spain. You know, that's bold. And some of us are called to stay and some of us are called to go. But my prayer is that you would start moving. There would be movement in your life. When I went to Ashley, Ashley, come up here. This is Ashley. She's our amazing worship leader. She tore it up this weekend at Campus Harvest. Yeah, let's encourage her. And if you don't know. Like, sure. Um, I went up to her and I said, man, we need, a, we need a song for this series. And maybe you've heard this. She's like, okay, I can do that. I love Ashley. She, she says yes to everything. She doesn't know how to say no. Which is great, but not all that great sometimes. That's why Blaze was able to ask her out real easy. You know what's amazing? I, I went to her and asked her this, and, and she said, yeah, I can write a song. And I love that she didn't just go and just start writing a song, but she actually got the word of God. She said, okay, what, what is the song for this series? What is the song for your people? What is the song for our church? What is the song for this city? What is the song that you want us to sing? And she wrote an amazing song. So I want you to just sing that song over us and then then let us participate. I'm going to pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, thank you for who you are, Father. And we just, God, I pray that we would decrease our dreams, our passions, our desires, our fantasy, anything that's of us. And would you resurrect your dreams, your desires, your passion, and God, what you have for us. Lord, I pray, God, that today, today we would decide that we're going to make history, God, in our families, with our friends, and in our workplace. We love you in Jesus' name.